0: The world didn't need another hockey podcast. It needed a better one. Bear witness to the two-man forecheck. Good morning, Chris.
1: Good morning, Mike.
0: We are at the unofficial halfway point of the season. The All-Star Game, uh, and I use air quotes around that word, has been played. Uh, The All-Star Skills Festival has taken place.
1: Wait, what, um, part of that, what part of that deserves air quotes? The all-star part or the game part? <laughs> the game part. Okay. Definitely the game part. I was going to say, because um, they are technically all-stars. These are the best of the best, supposedly. Well, uh, they're
0: the most popular of the best. Um, yeah,
1: and so, that's my thought, too.
0: We, the most popular of the best, willing and able to show up. But that that's not nearly as catchy.
1: Um, it takes up a lot more on the uh, graphics when you start making things up for you know, shirts and and posters and signs and whatnot.
0: Uh, And also keeps you from talking about the impending trade deadline uh, when we will get the answer to important questions like does Minnesota realize they're really, really, really not going anywhere this year? Um, What will Don Sweeney fail to do and claim he was in on right until uh, the last wire? And, is this finally, finally, finally the year we see the earth shattering kaboom for the Pittsburgh Penguins, who are uh, not quite competitive at the top level of the
1: league? However, they're in the second wild card spot.
0: They're in the second wild card spot, which means they would avoid playing the Boston Bruins, but they would also <laughs> go head to head with the Carolina wait, wait. Hurricanes today. How would they avoid playing Boston? No, no, no. Sec- though, actually, you're right. They would be. They would play Boston, right, and yes. uh, yeah, that wouldn't end well. Well, they don't have no. the goaltending.
1: They don't have the goaltending. I, I. They don't have the defense. They've never had the defense. Uh, they, they, you know, and know, they don't the have def- the offense. The definition of doing it with smoke and mirrors. Uh, there's a pic- There's a picture of the Penguins logo in the dictionary.
0: Um, But with the playoff race, what I said back in September that the Sabres were going to threaten for a playoff spot.
1: And they are, and they could conceivably take that spot away from Pittsburgh. I I don't have any doubts there. They're playing well enough. If they
0: did, it would be amazing and possibly a year too soon, but it would be a whole lot of fun because – Biz is right, uh, as he frequently is, and we're going to talk about him specifically uh, in relation to what is actually the biggest story about the NHL in the last three week in the last week, um, which is not the All Star Game or the All Star Weekend. Um, we're going to talk about some of the available trade pieces, uh, UFAs who are whose contracts expire this year. We're going to talk about some of the ones who expire next year. Uh, there's a couple of other things on the board as well, including that local tournament uh, or pair of tournaments, I suppose, that we all love. So where or where, where do the, you want to go first?
1: Where the, I have no idea. Um, There's just so much good stuff to talk about. Well, we probably should talk about the thing that happened after we went off, after we recorded the show last week. Because during the show, I'm pretty sure if I look back at my notes, we talked about where this young man was going to end up and and possibilities. And then lo and behold, Vancouver turned around and completely swept the rug out from under us by dealing um, that – That Bo Horvat guy.
0: Probably the most talked about pending UFA, not named, actually, probably ahead of David Pasternak, which is a neat trick. Um, You know, when I looked at this this trade, I had a response that is spelled out with three letters. And depending on which uh, grammarian you're talking to may or may not even be a word. And it was simply,
1: huh? Yeah. I, I, I mean, Lou Lamorello has done things over the years that have surprised, baffled, not surprised, not baffled me. I, 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 but he plays everything close to the close to his chest, and that's why there were no rumor. I'm sure that if I'm if I Remember some of my reading, the Bruins were supposedly in on, but then again, oh, as you mentioned in the open, Sweeney says he's in on everything. Sweeney's probably in on bringing gumball machines, dispensing machines to to the Garden. Um,
0: I'm sure. I'm sure he's been in negotiations to get payphones into the Garden for like 19 years.
1: Okay, but Bo Horvat, on the other hand, not coming to Boston. Mm. Well, that's the thing. Before, I mean, we're going to discuss
0: what the trade was and how some of the fans reacted. Mm-hmm. But I've literally nonstop heard that if they either can't get him to sign a deal, he's going to be he's going to be traded again before the deadline. Really. I heard that in – I heard or read that in three or four different spots, Um, and that kind of makes more sense because when you look at the Islanders' roster today, can you genuinely tell me this is a roster you should be building around a 27-year-old
1: going forward? Well, no. I mean I didn't – I didn't – I didn't think that was a reason. It's always good to bring in talent. I get it, but it doesn't make sense in this case based on the roster that they have, especially when you're dealing an Aturati, and one of the one of the bees that you were so high on in Anthony Bovillier, because you had Barzal, you had Bovillier, you had the the, the uh, Yes, it was called the Killer Bees line at one point. Uh, yes. Bailey was the other one. Josh Bailey, thank you. I was ch- I was racking my brain trying to think of the third one.
0: But and Bailey's 32. Barzal is the young one at 25. Um, and, well...
1: I thought Be- Beauvillier Be- was they- around the same age.
0: And, you, you know, I look at the rest of this roster, and it's... It's not that it's a bad roster, I mean Scott Mayfield is a viable defenseman. Um you certainly won't get me complaining too much about uh about their about their D in general.
1: I mean if you watch Brock and granted Brock Nelson's what 29 now, but if you watch Brock Nelson um guy won the shooting accuracy and I've always liked Brock Nelson. He's always been My concern has been his two-way game more than anything else, Mm -hmm. but the guy's a scorer. I just don't see this team as being a good fit for Bo Horvat. I mean,
0: I don't see it as a good fit for Bo Horvat style and play-wise. Yes, he adds more speed than uh, than I think people give him credit for. Okay, I don't think he's a top ten speedster in the league, but he's certainly probably one of the three or four faster uh, players on this team, which when you add it to a defense that includes Dobson and Pollock and Pellick, uh, you know, along with the rest of the cast, it certainly makes the team better. But I don't get this trade. I don't understand it. Um, And it's not simply because I wanted him to come to Boston I I was less high on Horvat coming to Boston than certain other members of that team. I, I, I've always liked him, but it looks like Bergeron is probably going to stick around another year. Which ups the chances of Krejci sticking around another year. And are you really going to play Bo Horvat as your 3C? No. Is he going to sign on to come to Boston as a three c? Highly unlikely. Um, I, I thought I thought that Colorado was probably the natural landing spot for a one year thing um because he's he would he would be a great uh, backup or a great number two to McKinnon.
1: so maybe, maybe that's what's going to happen. And, well, the the problem with him coming to Boston and being a a 3C was actually dealt with, what, a week or so ago, two weeks ago, when Zaka signed that extension because there's been talk of him getting to play center again instead of being on a wing. Uh, So if you've made – if promises have been made and the other two are sticking around, Zaka is going – Gonna have to take the three C spawn. I don't see him playing on the fourth line. Uh, in fact, during the Toronto game, didn't they actually put Frederick on as center of the fourth line just to see if he still got center chops? Uh, I just I, a lot I of
0: things recently that I think were purely experimental. Yeah, they've like been messing with the ball to the top line right wing, which didn't work out. But
1: yeah, but they've been messing with the deep hairs and everything, and eh, I. I mean, I guess when you're up over the league by as many points as they have been, barring the fact that Carolina went on a rampage. But you
0: have the opportunity to experiment in season without it affecting you materially.
1: Except that Carolina went on like a seven game win streak, and now they're only seven points behind Boston. But.
0: Yeah, I'm less worried about being caught for the president's trophy which is generally occurs, curse <laughs> than i am the division yeah um as long as they stay ahead of toronto i don't actually care
1: which they are currently like 17 points ahead of them or something like
0: They're, that so. i think it was 13 by the end of the uh last game
1: but oh, okay yeah hey, hey, it's so- a good number It would have been nice to get Bo Horvat in if they could get him to an extension, because then he could, yes, take over the the mantle as the top center or, you know. But that was my only reason for really wanting him. Yes, he could help out the team now as well, but to cement to to have that that position cemented away or at least somewhat solidified. Yes. Because unfortunately, as much as you love Bergeron, as much as I love Bergeron, and I know that it's blasphemy to say this, he's not playing too many more years.
0: If he plays a full five more years, I will be gobsmacked. Um, If he plays two more years, I won't actually be completely shocked. But five more years, I... I don't see it. He, he looks so happy when he gets to play with his kids that I'm, I'm genuinely surprised he came back this year, particularly give, I mean, I know there was a lot of other stuff going on uh, and the, the team had to be cap compliant, but I genuinely was surprised when he came back this year because Like you saw him last year and even the year before kids on the bench or in um, in the locker room or at uh, events. And he's just he looks every bit as happy as he did when they won the cup. And that's I mean, he's thirty seven. He'll be thirty eight this summer. If he plays two more years and officially announces his retirement a couple of weeks before. He turns the big four mm-hmm. zero. More than reasonable. Uh, he'll have played twenty plus years in the league. Um, and be able to go out a sure thing first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, he'll probably outlast even most of the rest of the uh of the Golden Draft. Um, and I, I just I just like the way. But if he retires after this year, as a fan of him, I can't complain. Right. He's been through everything. And he's
1: given – I mean
0: – And he's figure, given everything.
1: You figure this is a guy who played with uh, collapsed lungs. Issues, and
0: multiple, um, multiple abdominal issues, fractured ribs. Yeah. He's played with uh, – he's broken his nose at least – it has to be at least three or four times. Um, he's come back from injuries that, you know, that first major concussion. I, there's a lot of guys who wouldn't have come back from that. And guess what? I wouldn't blame them. He nearly died. Another quarter of an inch, half an inch. Uh, either way, when he hit those boards, another one mile an hour faster going into those boards. Or you know, 15, 20 pounds of the of the guy who hit him. It's all over. Um, so we've talked about that before, and there's no need to go into it because it's not really the topic. But Bo Horvat, I will not be surprised if he's flipped for a couple of first round picks and a young
1: prospect or two. I think, um, I think that Lamorello, I think Lamorello has to do something to recoup what he's given away. Um, but, yeah, he, he gave, he gave away what first round, he gave away first round pick Aturati, and who was himself a first round pick and Anthony Bovillier,
0: who was also
1: a, a first, first round player. pick. Uh, um, that's uh, yes. It's a, it's, it's a bit of talent. I don't know. I don't necessarily trade wise. Just looking at the trade, trade wise, I don't, I I don't it think an, it was. I don't think it was an overpayment.
0: No, I, I honestly thought it was an underpayment because Anthony Beauvillier has never really lived up to that first round pick. I mean, his career high for points is thirty nine. He's had a lot of injury issues, yeah, um, yeah. and uh, like. The trade was really Anthony Beauvilliers roster spot, um, yeah, yeah. Ati Rati for Bo Horvat, and then a first round pick for the ability to negotiate for Bo Horvat uh, for Bo Horvat's future contract. Like that's the way you should line it up on the board. Um, okay. okay, and when you look at it that way it's not an overpayment. Um, I think that I don't think that anyone, unless Ratu and or, or already and or, um, Bovillier get to Vancouver Canucks and suddenly transform themselves and suddenly become league, like both become all stars. I,
1: I, I don't know about Bovillier.
0: I, I, and I don't see it from Bovillier. I don't think that there's a major loser in this trade unless the Islanders either don't flip him or don't resign him. I think it's roughly even, mm-hmm. but I was surprised that the trade, that the trade happened for so little. Um, what else do we have on the show today? I, I actually really, I know I, we want to talk about the rate, the NHL ratings and the Batman era which are oh, kind okay. of linked. But I sat here this morning and yesterday going through different rosters and looking at the standings and talking and thinking about if I'm GM, what do I want to add to the Boston Bruins and add to the Boston Bruins for a for a playoff run. And I got to the Capitals roster and I'm thinking okay they're in a playoff spot so they're probably not gonna do much
1: and yeah I, looked, I don't expect it I don't expect you're going to be making deals with Washington but okay then I looked at Washington's roster older like the Bruins how many
0: healthy defensemen they have signed to be on this season
1: um one zero because oh, damn I was close
0: because John Carlson is not healthy. Uh, right. So they've got Orlov, UFA, 5.1. Jensen, UFA, 2.5. Uh, Trevor Van Riemsdyk, Under a Mill, UFA. Uh, Alexander Ale- Alexa- Alexiev, Alexiev. Yes. Uh, he's on his entry level. Um, he'll probably end up well compensated. RFA, no no arbitration rights. Eric Gustafson, UFA, uh, under a mill. Martin Periveri, um also in his entry level contract, and then Matt Irwin.
1: No, thank you.
0: We know I love. We know I we, love to be no. true or love.
1: We already um, tri- we already tried the Matt Irwin exper- experiment here in Boston. No, thank
0: admittedly you. Admittedly, that was a different coach, but yeah.
1: No. I'm just still, no.
0: still not <laughs> not in my top 100 list of players to the, acquire.
1: The only one on this list is the one that gets paid the most. The most. That's the only one I really want.
0: Um, because Ale- uh, Alexiev hasn't really gotten a, re- a chance to show his skill level yet. I mean, he's played 13 NHL games, 12 of them this year, and
1: has two, point- two assists to show for it. But here's um, here's my question for you. Then I mean, and yes, I understand Washington. But if you're going, at, are you are you trying to as a as the GM of the Bruins or the GM of someone? Are you trying to cherry pick one of these guys for your team? If I were, well, that goes. That's
0: a lead into the other discussion. Okay. Talking about the, but before we get there. But looking at their forward group, yep. there's still a lot of players who are not signed for next year. Um, Lars Eller, Bruins Killer, um, UFA. <laughs> Garnet Hathaway, we're kind of familiar with him, UFA. Connor Sheary, UFA. Marcus Johansson, UFA. Uh, Nicholas Obey Kuvel, uh, UFA. Um, and that's before you get to Connor Brown. And uh, Carl Hagelin, who are also UFAs but currently injured. Um, and I don't believe that Connor Brown is expected back this season. Um, Washington Capitals have a lot of work to do.
1: Yes, I, I do not envy Brian McClellan on, at, at this point in time.
0: Their core is
1: old. Be if nice. You, what? Be nice. I am being nice. <laughs> Just because Ovechkin's 37 and Backstrom's 35 and Oshie's 36.
0: and Evgeny Kuznetsov <laughs> is the youngest player who could be considered part of their core, and he's 30. Yes. I mean, you could throw in Tom Wilson, but he's 28. Um, even – I mean – Given how long he signed, maybe you have to consider Dylan Strong. No.
1: Um, I mean, everybody seems to think that if, I've read things. It, I, there are people that think that that is a great signing. The getting him like only five sign. million. I I like the signing. Um, okay. I, I I'm not wild. Maybe it's just I'm not wild about Dylan Strong, but.
0: Uh, that that's a you issue, not a player issue. Got it. Um. But there's a lot of work to do here, and just based on the two guys who are already signed for new contracts next year, Mm -hmm. um, Dylan Strome will be going from three and a half this year to five next year, and Sonny Milano will be going from seven and a half to 1.9. There's a lot of players. They need to move stuff. I don't think they want to move Dmitry Orlov. They may have to move Dmitry Orlov. Okay. Um, And his modified – his contract has a five-team no-trade list, which basically means he's not going to Chicago or Arizona or whoever else is at the bottom of the heap this year.
1: Um, He's not going to Vancouver?
0: Unless that's on his list. I mean, maybe he doesn't want to go to any... Maybe he doesn't want to go to Canada. Um, But I wouldn't say no to a Dimitri Orlov trade, but it's not the element that I would be looking for as a general manager, having watched the games where the Bruins struggled the most. Um, But I just wanted to point out how different I expect the Capitals roster to look when camp opens... Uh, this September. Okay. Um, so I, if we're going right into what we would like the Bruins to do. Yeah. We talked about this, I think on air about three weeks ago, four weeks ago, might've been Mm -hmm. five. Okay. Um, and I know we talked about it off air, uh, but what's the, what teams or what, quality of teams has the let me rephrase that what quality that teams have or don't have has brought the biggest problems of Boston Bruins
1: (laughs) so this is a trick question I'm guessing because the obvious answer is go back and watch the January 14th game against Toronto um and no,
0: Toronto speed. isn't actually a team that I would call that I would say they struggled against.
1: but they, they did struggle in that in that game on the 14th. It, they I'm, there was an issue otherwise known as speed that they 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 were they were creating their own problems as well because they weren't handling the puck the That's, way they should. I wouldn't have used that game as an example. I
0: would have gone with one of the losses to Buffalo or to uh,
1: the Senators, or to- and, and that's fine. But the 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 common thread is younger, speedier. They they're yes. able to, for the most part, corral whoever they're playing. But when you're facing young speed and and the ability to get up ice and and zone entries, and because of the speed, the zone entries are good. It, it, I'm not saying that. Ottawa or Buffalo are any better at zone entries than anybody. It's just that their speed gets them to places where... <sighs> where Boston can't get as quickly. Yes, that's a good way of phrasing it.
0: Um, And so that, more than anything, is the one thing I would be looking for in players between here and the deadline. Because... Okay. You know, people keep saying, "Oh, the Bruins need to get bigger in front of the net," and I'm like, "Well, first the player has to be in position in front of the net. <laughs> okay, that's not true.
1: That's not true because, um, oh wait, Connor Clifton's five eleven and one ninety, and Matt Grizzly <laughs> takes <laughs> Matt, their business all over the damn ice. And Grizzlick is not five eleven and one ninety. <laughs> um. And so I'm talked, sorry, but, yeah, no, they don't need to get bigger in front of the net. They need to play better in front of the net.
0: They need to play smarter hockey, period, in front of the net. And,
1: and for the it, most part they, this year, they've done that.
0: And, yes, and they've had these games where they couldn't get – where I'm not sure they could put on a tie by themselves. And it it's weird to watch. Um, and, yes, we're talking about the team that has the best goal differential – I believe the most goals scored and possibly the lowest uh, and possibly uh, one of the best, one of two or three best defenses in the league. But you can always get better. And we've identified the elements that are dangerous to this team. If they have to face New Jersey in the Eastern Conference Finals, that's scary. Not just because New Jersey has won two rounds already and knows that they belong, but because New Jersey is fast and skilled. And that's, that's the thing that I would want to add is that speed element. Yes. The Bruins have mm, four guys, maybe five who are in that top 15% of the league for speed. You know, you got your Taylor Hall and David uh, Pasternak and Brad Marchand and Jake DeBrusk, and you can probably add Grislyk. Uh If he's not in the top fifteen percent, he's certainly in the top twenty. Um, but after that, who's next? The next fastest?
1: Maybe Zaka. Just to just to inflate your ego that much more. Yes, Boston does have the most goals scored. They have five more goals scored than Edmonton. Boston being at 192, they have the biggest goal differential, and it's not even close. It's it's like plus they're plus 81. The next closest team is a plus 40.
0: Yeah, Jersey.
1: <laughs> Dallas also is a plus 40.
0: Uh, but outside of those four or five players. I would love to add a speedier defenseman, a speedier, even if they're playing on the third line or the fourth line,
2: mm-hmm.
0: whatever. Whatever else you want to say about the the bounce back year that Nick Polino has had, he's still not he's a not, speed demon.
1: Uh he never Thomas was.
0: Not a speed demon.
1: Never was.
0: Um. Greer isn't slow, but he's probably league average, right? In that league average.
1: I don't know. I think Connor Clifton's faster than Greer. Probably.
0: Um he's also about fifteen pounds lighter.
1: Um Which one?
0: Connor Clifton than AJ Greer.
1: Oh, okay. I was gonna yeah. say. <laughs> uh, just, nope. Not anymore. Yeah. S- Smith was he ever? I don't think he was ever a speed demon. I, I don't think that was part of his game.
0: No, I think he was always about league average. And I mean, I've seen him move. He was a faster.
1: he was he was a better goal scorer with Nashville, but um. So if his I skills have waned,
0: create a or if I could craft the right. Replacement or fill-in for this team. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is, is I would not, a, a, even though it would be difficult because of limited cap space. Um, I, I mean, there's, there's, they're projected to have three and a quarter million in cap space as of right now, by uh, cap friendly at the deadline. So it does give them some wiggle room.
1: Yes, but what about Louis when he comes back? I'm sorry, not Louie, Jake. I always do that.
0: Louis is never coming, uh Louie is not going to play games for Boston girls.
1: I always do that, poor Jake. So yeah, it's what happens when you have a dad who is easy to remember.
2: Um
1: But Jake's I, I, Jake's I what, four what million dollars happen. in relief? I mean I think what you'll see. Happen as
0: soon as he gets as soon as Debrus gets back, is you're gonna see probably Zaboral and probably Smith sent to uh sent to Providence or dealt. Yeah, dealt would be ideal, particularly if they can do it without
1: having to retain salary. Um, so I don't look, I think they can afford to retain salary. <laughs> I'm serious. I don't oh, honestly. I, believe no, I don't. Ruins.
0: I don't disagree with you. But in order to get rid of him, get rid of Smith or, uh, or whoever, you might have to do something that makes you hold your
1: nose. He's gonna have to do something like the deal that sent Bacchus to Anaheim. Yeah, uh, and. I, which I just trade it. I mean, because with Backus, they had to send,
0: you're going to have to trade a couple of prospects or picks and they, they don't have any second round picks at this point. Um, and none of the guy, I wouldn't give up a first round pick to get any of the guys I've actually tar- Well, most of the guys I've actually targeted. Okay. Um, but the short list, it, it okay. Elias Lindholm, assuming the the Flames decide to shake up their roster that much, he does have a year of term left. He plays right wing and center, um, and that's a position with and, m- less depth. And
1: I've only been saying I want this guy for how long? Uh,
0: look, the list of players that either of us has wanted for 10 years is
1: <laughs> is pretty long. He was back. He was back playing for Carolina when I started talking about this guy, first of all. Yes, I understand that. Um, and
0: But he's I mean, having a noticeably down year from last year. Uh, he's playing near a point per game, but his, his goal production has dropped.
1: There's only one problem with that, though, and that's Calgary. Calgary is still battling for a playoff spot.
0: I did say if they decided to shake up the
1: roster. I know. I just it, I don't know that they're gonna blow things up if they do decide to, um, yeah so he's, he's this guy I would target. He's at the top of my Christmas list.
2: Um,
0: <laughs> a UFA who I think would be really interesting
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, he's a little older than I wanted to go but i don't think he's slowed down i or slowed down significantly i just think he's playing on a worse t- on worse teams in the last couple of years okay or at least teams that no one is fast enough to keep up with him and if it's just to play third line fourth line for the rest of the season i don't care um even if his skill has gone down a little bit if he can still distribute the puck um and you know more importantly get the puck first uh, and this is a guy I know you like, um, Andreas Athanasiou.
1: I do like him. I liked him when he was with the Red Wings. I My concern with Athanasiou is he's got – he reminds me of Lucic in that he's got really good straight line speed. My concern is that he's never really melded into the the two-way forward that I was hoping he would.
0: And the yes, there I I agree with you there. But realistically, where has he played where it mattered? How, what sort of defense he played? <laughs> He's been on the he spent most of his career on the Red Wings. Yep. Yeah. Did get to thirty goals in his fourth season, and has regressed since. But um. I
1: just wonder Detroit if, was as you bad. said, injuries.
0: Detroit was bad. Yes. Edmonton doesn't play defense. <laughs> Los <laughs> Angeles was bad in 2021, or 2020-2021. Mm-hmm. They weren't good last year either, or not particularly good. My biggest concern with Athanasiu, he's only got three points in his 15 playoff games. I'm sorry. Uh, two points in his 15 playoff games. Both goals, but... That's, that's a slight worry. Reason for concern, yeah. Um, another one of those guys who's having sort of a bounce-back year. Not a, not a superb year by any stretch, but his best year to date uh, since he left Montreal, also on the Chicago Blackhawks,
1: Max Domi. An interesting... Uh, Max Domi, to me, is that one of those guys that I put on the list of, well, it's two separate lists. One of them is never achieved his full potential. The other list is um hasn't yet. It, they are two different things. See, I. At his age, is it he's never going I, to. I think there's a third list. Which is. Played for the wrong team.
0: Drafted around too high because of his last name.
1: Ah. Interesting.
0: Because if he were drafted in the middle of the second round, I think he'd probably still be with the Arizo- with Arizona or Montreal. I, I really do. I don't. I- I'm not sitting here and saying he's the best player ever because he's not but I think that you know at 5 foot 10 and slightly and we're going to use the he's a bit thick by NHL standards for that height at 192 okay um, maybe people were overestimating what he would either physically grow into or the level of physicality he would bring, um, or just playing crazy he would bring, based on who his dad is.
1: And. He's not like his dad. His dad didn't all. bring a level of crazy, but it was a controlled crazy that he could most. unleash on command.
0: But, you know, you look at Jake Dabrask, and people keep comparing him to Louis,
1: even though he's a completely different. Oh, completely different. Louis only had 17 goals in his career. And yeah, I think there. Jake came close
0: to that in a month at one point. Yes. Um, so I, I, I think that there's a couple of other players who, I mean, there are definitely other players who were drafted around or more high because of who their fathers were. So,
1: since and you- I think, I think that that's hurt Domi more than it helped him. Are, we, are you trying to say that Chicago is like low low hanging fruit here? Because you seem to be picking guys from Chicago. <laughs> Chicago wants to win the draft lottery, and that's their big goal. They want Connor Bedard. Yes, I get it,
0: and I can't blame
1: them. You know, so yes, I would, lots of fact, pla- lots of places want Connor Bedard. In fact, if we could get rid of, and I say that. And I
0: don't mean that negatively in terms of uh, the guys, because I think that Smith and Chris Wagner deserve to play in the NHL. But if we could get rid of both of them and bring it back Domi and Athanasiu, I think that would be fun. I also think it would be fun to watch Max Domi and Brad Marsh and chirp uh, the other
1: teams do they have a good relationship? I'm worried that Max Domi would chirp wrong and Brad would beat the hell out of him. But you know, um,
0: I mean, I, if I, we're swinging, if we're swinging for the fences and breaking the uh, breaking the Bruins roster, sure, I want Brock Besser and I want Elias Pettersson.
1: Well, who doesn't want? But to not going to
0: happen. It's like I don't see that happening. Sharks. Um, I looked at the Sharks roster. Yes. And legitimately probably the only guy I would take off of the roster um, is probably unnecessary because we probably have a guy or two who are doing exactly the same thing just as well. And the guy's already been in the Bruins system. And that's Matt Benning.
1: Never been a Kevin LeBlanc fan. I know you don't like LeBlanc. I've the, never. The Bruin, unfortunately, the Bruins don't have a place where they could stick Nico Sturm unless you're going to put him on the, uh, as a bottom six center.
2: If
0: you're going to put him on the fourth line at two million, I can live with that yes. because it's going to give you certainty for the, for those for the next two years. And yes, yes he's faster I mean, than Any of the guys playing on the fourth line right now?
1: He's got 17 points in 43 games. He's not a he's not a complete. He's not a scrub. He's not. not, Yeah. He he, Um, he can put the puck in the net. I mean, he's he's matched his career high in seven less games because he played 50 games for the wild in 2021 and got 17 points. And it's it's even the same matching 11 goals, six assists. So he's done it in seven less games. He's playing on a team that is not phenomenal. That's that's generous I mean, and kind. I mean, I think Nico Sturm is not a bad get at two million dollars a year. So when you put up, you know, guys you want for medium contract for medium contracts, two million dollars a year plus he's got a couple of years left. He's one of the guys on my list for that medium contract. <laughs> I, I don't hate him.
0: I'm more concerned with wingers right now. Like for and I, I didn't frame it very extensively. And that's fine. play for um, cup run. I, I, I would pass over him even though I do like him. Um, there's another guy who's younger, who's fairly young, not especially large, late round pick. Plays both wings mm-hmm. um, and is currently on a team that's bubbly. Um, looking at the current standings, they are outside the playoff structure. Andrew Mangiapane.
1: <laughs> I just like saying his name. Yes.
0: Uh, he had a really he had a breakout year last year, the career year. Mm hmm. Uh, you know, fifty five points isn't necessarily spectacular, but he also had thirty five goals up from his previous career high of eighteen in a fifty six game season.
1: And He's only Calgary got 10, was crazy last year. he was he was having a season when uh, home was having a season. Calgary was a little crazy last year, yeah. Um,
0: only ten goals this year. Contract is he does have two more years. Uh, where his no-trade kicks in. Um, The no-trade is only eight teams, so realistically, if he's traded this year, um, Mm -hmm. the Bruins would still have decent maneuverability if they needed to move him in the future. But his contract really isn't bad. At 5.8, I can live with that if he can get to 23, 24 goals and stay there where he can play both wings. Um, Last year in the playoffs, six points in 12 games up from his uh, five and ten the previous time, but he's produced in the playoffs, and that's one of the reasons I stopped on his contract. Okay. And then we get to, and I know I've talked about wings over centers, and this guy does play both uh, center and left wing. I think this is, depending on what the GM wants to do, uh, what Yarmo Kikalinen wants to do, this could be either be an easy get, or something that costs more than
1: more than Col- face value. It's Columbus. I don't have a read on Yarmo Kikalinen.
0: <laughs> I don't know that anyone has a read on Yarmo Kikalinen. Um, and the other the other factor that made me a little hesitant is the fact that he's the play, this player is. He's approaching hockey old.
1: OK, that concerns me.
0: I said approaching. He's he turns 30 this summer. OK, actually, probably before the cup goes up. He's uh, his birthday is June 15th. OK, Six two two zero eight Boone Jenner.
1: I've always liked Boone Jenner.
0: I've always liked Boone Jenner, and I like the fact that he plays physically, he plays smart, his faceoff percentage is really strong. Um, not done spectacular when the team hits the playoffs,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but then again, the team hasn't done spectacular when the team hits the playoffs. Um, He's played 629 games for that team.
1: Um, I think he was a... I think he was a Tortorella kind of guy, though. <laughs>
0: uh, he's... I think Tortorella probably liked him.
1: Yes. But, uh, Which is, is another reason why captain. I like him. <laughs>
0: and he is the team captain. Um, but at, at 29, he's got a couple of years left on the contract. Not that it's a big contract. Uh. And no, I'm okay with I'm okay with the money. 3 and 3 quarter years, 18 no trade clause right through the rest of the contract. It looks like it was actually just signed this year. Um which which again makes me question the actual availability despite the fact that
1: actually he signed um, this contract July of 21.
0: So uh, so it was an extension before the end of last season. Or the start of this season.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um
0: I I would really I mean, both of us have talked about Boone Jenner for a long
1: time. I like Boone. I like the fact that he's a he, he's not he's not a fabulous two way player. I'm not comparing him to anybody in particular, but he's a solid two way player. And the fact that he can be physical, the fact he he's not He's not slow. I'm not going to sit here and tell you how fast he is because I don't think he's fast either. But I mean, he's, he's right he's around the average. He's not going to hold anybody up. I mean, it,
0: he's probably a step and a half faster than David Krejci, but would still get blown away by Poskodt, and Hall, DeBrusque.
1: Yes, 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 yes. And Grizzlick and possibly Connor Clifton. <laughs>
0: Um, And my one swing for the fences trade uh, is basically preying upon uh, the fact that the other franchise doesn't have any worthwhile um, goaltending prospects. And their current goaltending is, uh, as they put it, terrible. Less than stellar. Terrible. Terrible. Okay. Um, and that's why that's terrible. why for for people moving out of Boston, Brandon Busey is the theoretical centerpiece of the trade.
1: And who is this? Who is this swing for the fences guy?
0: Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko.
1: Yeah, he was on my list too.
0: Um, I do have, they do need to retain a little bit of salary. Uh, I think I had it at like 15, 18% in order for it to work cap wise for the Bruins.
1: He doesn't think he's going to be finishing. Actually, no, I,
0: I pushed it all the way to 35%, even though I don't think they'll do it. But Brandon Busey has done well enough this season that I think he counts as a legitimate value add for particularly for a team that's not, that just has not done well uh, in terms of uh, acquiring goaltenders. St. Louis, they
1: got the best goaltender in the NHL. In and how well is he playing this year? In his own mind. Well. I, I'm sorry I, I, Doug Armstrong I don't I, I don't know where Doug Armstrong I mean somebody maybe they slipped him a Mickey or something. I, I don't know what his reasoning was for doing it. You fall you fell in love with Bennington because he won you a cup. Uh, maybe you're guilty of, of that, but you traded away the better of the two goaltenders from last season.
0: My question again
1: is Bennington is not Bennington is not good. Yeah. Bennington is not good. I'm sorry. I, I don't know if it's a, I don't know if it's a in its head, if it's in his head thing or if it, I don't know that it's a physical thing, but yeah, he's
0: and he can't maintain when he hits those highs is the, the other part, he'll have, you know, 15 game stretches where he looks like a legitimate NHL goaltender. But even then, he never looks like he never looks like a Vezna trophy winner.
1: His best year was his rookie year, and it's been tracking downhill ever since. 927 rookie year, 912, 910, 901, 892. It's and and the goals against goes up 189 256 265 2, 6, 2 6, 327 3, it's it just eek what is going on with this guy it, it can you blame? i mean there are times where i sit there and i say well put this guy behind this defense or put this guy behind that defense i don't know if i could say that with him no cuz st louis has a solid defense and that's what i'm that's what I'm, that's what i'm getting at they're not great but you, i mean Pareco, I like I've always liked Colton Pareco, probably more than you and obviously they brought in Tory Krug they got Justin Falk and up until last year was it you had the guy who should have won a, a Norris Trophy at some point in Petrangelo yep I mean it's not like you had eek it's not like you were playing behind the Edmonton defense you know so you, I can't really say that for Bennington. You know, I'll put this guy behind this because he's had solid defense in front of him. So I don't know. I, I don't know where Doug Armstrong's head was at with that one. But if was, you can yet,
0: was Doug Armstrong free to act, or was that a uh, was that an ownership intrusion that,
1: into management space? If it was. And he didn't react the same way that uh, Chuck Fletcher did in Pittsburgh. My question is why? I mean, Chuck mm-hmm. Fletcher was told, Chuck Fletcher was told, nope, Letang's untouchable. You, no, you can't trade him. And Chuck Fletcher was like, you know what? If I'm not going to run the t- if I'm not going to make the deals, I'm done. See ya. I'm not-
0: <laughs> uh, isn't Chuck Fletcher a tiny bit older than... Doug
1: Armstrong. Yeah, but it wasn't a retirement thing. He he was just done. He, he he wanted he was he he did not come out and say I'm retiring. He came out and said I'm I'm resigning. I'm quitting. You know, I'm, I'm done because his hands ownership tying his hands over trading Latang for Vincent Dunn to these very same St. Louis Blues.
2: Because no,
1: actually, time, Chuck Fletcher was younger, huh? At the time, but, when, was it Chuck? Is it Chuck Fletcher? I'm thinking, of? yeah, it was Chuck Fletcher, because Cheryl was already gone, running and running the deal in in New Jersey. I'm pretty sure it was Chuck Fletcher who was running the team, and he just said, "You know what? I'm done." No, with this. it
0: wasn't. Uh, I think that was it. Wasn't Burke? It was
1: no, it wasn't, it Burke.
2: wasn't
0: Fletcher. Um, anyways, we'll get to that later, but
1: yeah, I'll find the So, who's on that. your list? <laughs> who's on my list? Ooh, well, you already stole. You already stole two of them. So, because I want Elias Lindholm, I want Elias Lindholm in a bad way, though. I've I've wanted him since he was, like I said, with Colorado. I liked his money, the fact that he played center and right wing, the fact that he's a decent two way player. I'm, I am I am of the mind that uh, Calgary is not going to be making deals unless they're bringing people in because I, uh, I, I think they want to make the playoffs. I don't
0: think they want to make the playoffs. I don't know is, that they're going to make the playoffs.
1: And the thing is that they're, they've played 50 games already. And they are how many points behind Edmonton? It's a couple. Uh, Three points behind Edmonton. I don't think that they're out of it. That's that's what I'm getting at. I don't think they are out of it. And if that's the case, then they're not going to be making deals to to sell out the team. They're going to be trying. They're going to be chasing down Edmonton. Same number of games as Edmonton. They've got one game less than Vegas although they're 5 points behind Vegas I think that the thing is in the Pacific I think they're all catchable you're talking about a 6 point swing between number 1 and number 5 granted yeah. Seattle's only played 49 games so yes my my number 1 is still Elias Lindholm I just I I want Elias Lindholm um One of the other ones that I picked and I completely botched on the whole not a winger thing, winger thing. The contract excites me. I know that there's been talk about this guy back and forth, uh, dealing him, you know, he was going to get dealt last year. It didn't happen. He's he's again on the list of, of players to be dealt this year. Uh, to get somebody at his age, at his skill level, the only problem is the one thing that scares me about him is the the potential for injury. And I'm shopping. I, I'm I'm shopping at that that um, department store known as Arizona. Oh, I no. And but again, I, not the winger thing, although. If I could get my hands my on, if I could, this is your list. Yes. If I could get my hands on Lawson Krause, that'd be fabulous. Love Lawson Krause. Exactly. But the uh, the actual person that I was thinking of before, I, that's why I was kind of confused at the beginning of the show. The person I had was uh, Chikrin. Not yeah. that they, not that the Bruins need defense, but the kid is twenty four years old. At the skill level that he plays at. And if my, you can't, my issue with him, though, is are the knees going to hold up? Is he injury prone?
2: My
0: worry there, well, my when a trade that big. Yeah. My worries are two. How badly are you going to disrupt locker, on ice and off ice chemistry? Because that's that's a big thing right now, and the team is just playing well. Um, and for Chikrin and some of the other and any other defenseman who's who you know is in a situation like him. He's only got nine games of NHL playoff experience. Right. Um, And that's, you know, he's nearly 400 games into his NHL career. The injury history is daunting, um, and it explains why his salary is where it is. Um, But between the fact that they would want, if not a king's ransom, then certainly like a 2nd in line for the throne princes ransom. (laughs) It would be a bigger deal than what we saw Horvat go for, if for no other reason than the term left on the contract. Um, And sure, you might be able to send them... You might be able to make it a trade where you send some salary and then you send, like, two strong prospects or two medium prospects... But it's still it's still going to end up being a bigger deal.
1: But that's the other problem with that's the other problem with Kraus is again there's only nine games of playoff experience. Mm-hmm. But you can't you can't teach six four two twenty. No twenty twenty five years old, and he's got twenty eight points in forty five games this season.
0: <laughs> oh, I don't have anything against either player. Uh, so. I would probably.
1: Like Lawson Krause would be a nice get, and
0: for non-roster breaky acquisitions off that team, I would probably look at Troy Strecher because I think you can get him without moving anyone off your roster or moving anyone critical off your roster. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, no, I don't have any complaints about Chikrin or, or for that matter, if you're going to swing for the fences, uh, Clayton Keller.
1: I think, I think Clayton Keller, when I looked at it, and I was trying to gauge whether it's a medium contract or not, but Clayton Keller is getting a bit too much money, as much as I'd love to bring him in. Um, good talent. What I saw at the All-Star Game, and granted, it's hard to judge at the All-Star Game, but we don't get to see a lot of Clayton Keller outside of, unless I jump on the ESPN Plus or something. Yeah. Uh, He's having himself a, a a a really good season. I just think money wise he doesn't make as much sense unless you're planning on keeping him and making him a centerpiece second line center something like that
0: well he's a he plays both wings, so maybe maybe you put him on that third line with Hall and
1: Hall and coyle,
0: yeah and you have okay. a break a game breaking third line
1: and then what are you doing with are you leaving frederick down on the fourth line as center
0: you might have to okay i mean
1: it's I just it, think it's, it's,
0: it's going to so. depend on what the return is on keller it's going to be big and it's going to take players off the roster oh he's winger i
1: don't know why i thought oh, i why did i think he was a center uh not my, sure. ap- my apologies for some reason i thought it was i thought he had a c next to his name who else is on your list uh, i had tarasenko but as far as medium contracts go again it's a little a little expensive that's it the only other the only other one i had is a team that's not going to trade with us because they're in a playoff spot right now and again it's another defenseman ethan okay, bear who
0: is it ethan bear Yeah,
1: I like Ethan Bear, but I don't see us getting him. (laughs) Again, not big money. In fact, I think he's making under two.
0: Bear's contract is remarkably low.
1: (laughs) If I remember correctly, quickly looking Ethan Bear, Ethan Bear. um... I
0: I mean, the question is, do the Canucks actually expect to stay in a playoff spot? Um, No, wait a minute.
1: Vancouver's not in a playoff spot. Oh, I'm still thinking he's on Edmonton. I'm having a day today. Silly I woke man. up with a I woke up with a nasty headache, and it's just yeah. He's got 1.8 million left. He's an RFA. He's arbitration eligible, which again, not attractive to But at 1.8, he's going to go up to what? Two and three quarters.
2: Um.
1: Three.
0: Depends on what happens. I mean, he's he's not having a super offensively gifted season.
1: He's not a super offensively gifted guy. And if you look at his numbers compared to fifty-eight games last year with Carolina, he's on pace to. He's on pace to beat that. Yes, uh,
0: as long as he can stay healthy. Right. So, um, Ethan, if I was gonna again, I'll sign
1: on for that again, so i had I had two defensemen on the list, so
0: there's a name that I'm amazed that neither one of us looked at, and I think part of that is because he hasn't been talked about for very good reasons this year um and part of it is because of where he's playing um, Anthony Claire <laughs> I want to put him on every list every time. Because they're three points out, they're three points behind Pittsburgh. But I never think Florida's going to give him up. With two games more played, they'd have to climb over Buffalo, who I don't think is going to sink at this point. The recently reinforced Islanders. Um, and then they have to hope that one of Pittsburgh or Washington falls out of contention. And, and they he's could still make... still on long-term IR. He's expected back in the next couple of weeks. Like, if he can make it back and and look good, it would be worth it. But that, that would be a deal that you'd make after seeing him play, like, three or four games.
1: Because he hasn't played at all this year. Um, but, but
0: I would... I talked, we talked about this two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Yeah. I think the Florida Panthers should... Acknowledge the fact that they're not going to make the playoffs this year.
1: Embrace
0: it? Embrace it and trade out players and bring back picks and prospects and everything they can to reinforce and lose lose some uh, cap space.
1: Are they going to trade away an Anthony Duclair to an in- in division rival, that
0: might take some doing, but uh, it might involve a third party, a three-way deal. But mm-hmm. they can trade. But look at the number of players they can trade right now, and oh, get, and get hit and get picks and prospects and long-term players. Uh, because they don't have a first-round pick any of the next three years, they okay. don't have a third-round pick this year, they don't have a second-round pick next year. Um, so if they can move out even temporarily their UFA's and resign them next year, um, and there and move out one or two other players, you know, I wouldn't say no to rental to like longer-term rentals like Sam Reinhart or Sam Bennett. Uh, I, I'm. I lean towards yes. Reinhardt.
1: Yes, when they um, trade me Carter Verhage. <laughs>
0: yeah, sure.
1: If they if they're willing to trade me Carter Verhage, well, then we might have.
0: Carter they're not Verhage gonna straight up a
1: Ryan Mast. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now you can't make foolish notions like that. Even I know that's not gonna work. Wait a minute, I'm a pretty smart guy. No. I, but, yes, Carter Verhage is somebody I want. I like the money. He's got term. They're going to want a lot for him, so I know that's not going to happen. I would love to get Anthony Duclair from them. You and I have talked about Anthony Duclair since he was a rookie. He's seems to have learned that shooting is the answer to all his problems.
0: <laughs> Keeping his skates moving and shooting, really all it takes. Um, And I mean, let's face it, this kid is from Quebec, uh, Laval, Quebec.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Can you imagine if the Bruin, if they bring him in and he gets to play with Patrice Bergeron for a five-game stint or something like that? Do you think he might be a little excited? Might be a little happy?
1: Uh, Yeah, I would think so. Here's a, I mean, he's only got 14 games of playoff experience.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I worry less about playoff experience for forwards than I do defensemen. Um, but yes, it's a it's a thing. I just, isn't, I, yeah, isn't yeah. Marsh Marshand is from Quebec too, isn't he? Yeah, no, he's from Nova Scotia. Correct. It was Eastern Canada. I just couldn't remember where
1: declares salary is 3 million and his cap hit is 3 million for the 22-23 season <sighs> drafted 80th overall by the Rangers yeah
0: I, we, I I'm amazed that he didn't hit either of our lists but something we really, I, I
1: I wasn't okay. considering because I wasn't considering him because he hasn't played so his name hasn't been as they've said as I've heard many times in the past month or so top of mind
0: Exactly. What has been top of mind, uh, at least on Twitter for three or four days this week, was the NHL. Uh, They were a trending topic on Twitter. That's because of the All-Star game. No, before the All-Star game. Oh, okay. And it wasn't about the All-Star game. It was about the NHL and its amazing marketing and amazing ratings.
1: Wait, wait, wait. You just use NHL and Amazing Ratings in the same sentence?
0: Correct. Amazing Uh, amazing Ratings plummet is probably the best way to put it because Uh, their ESPN ratings are down 22% over last year. Ouch.
1: Yeah. Ouch.
0: And I think it works hand in hand with the entire Batman era because there's a lot of holdovers from the NBC I mean um, from it- the NBC era or NBC deal who are now working for ESPN and let's be honest most of them are boring <laughs> <laughs> okay. without going into without going too far into it I think that they, if I were legitimately going to go through every studio commenter for the NHL right now working for whether it's uh, whether it's working for ESPN or TNT or the other networks that are carrying games uh, for mm-hmm. uh, nationally, I'd keep Biz. I'd keep Weeks. I'd keep Anson Carter, and everyone else can go.
1: Literally everyone <laughs> else can go. Okay, fair enough. I, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing,
0: believe me. Why? The, the answer is why? Because I don't remember most
1: of what any of them say. Well, first of all, Tockett's already gone. But Because he's coaching again.
0: I do not remember... 99.9% of what happens in an NHL uh, studio session, whether it's the pregame, the intermission, one of the commercials going into or out of the game, or postgame shows. And 88.5% of the time, when I do remember it, it's something that uh, Bish said. And he's not only good at the entertainment end of it, Like, genuinely funny, genuinely candid. He's better at the analysis end than most of the coaches, uh, the ex-coaches and general managers who make up half the panels. Uh, You know, in talking about this earlier this week, um, there was a Butchergrass tweet Mm -hmm. that was one of the most telling and pithy statements uh, I've seen on what's wrong with NHL broadcasts and marketing in general. And you know, Butchergrass said the NHL needs a hundred more Brad Marchands and a whole lot less goals expected above average. <laughs> Look, I am a hockey nerd. I am a very nerdy hockey nerd we dive into these stats and me and Chris talk about them way more off air than we do on air for a simple reason.
1: Most people don't care. Well, I don't, I think it's, I think it's a combination though. I think it's a lot of people don't care. I also feel that a lot of people don't understand the advanced metrics.
0: And that's one of the things that's one of the big, that's again, one of those big marketing fails if you want to talk advanced metrics, have them accessible, explained. You know, pe- or one of the articles that we're working with, the and I don't remember whether it's the ESPN article or the athletic article, talks about uh, the Batman era and people criticizing the blowing puck or the little robots that used to come out. And they'd have pop-ups of the rule explanations. I think like, I genuinely believe the glowing puck was ahead of its time because I think if you did that with today's technology, glowing puck. I, I
1: think if you did it with uh, today's technology, it would work back. a whole lot better. That's back with the NHL on Fox. That was a Fox. Uh, that it, was a Fox invention.
0: Yes, but <laughs> it's it's part of the Bedman tenure. It is. Um, but I think in, if you did in it in today. Their
1: depend- Uh, In their defense, though, yesterday during the during the hardest shot, they no longer use a jugs gun uh, like you would see on the highway. They now have a tracking chip in the puck and sensors around the building to determine how fast the puck is going. So the sensor thing, the tracking thing, the tracking thing is back. It's not glowing, but the tracking bit is back. And you yes. may see it in ga- in regular games or in the playoffs at some and point the, this year or in the future.
0: Equipment actually has tracking uh info in it um that tells, you know, how far a player skates each shift and things like that. Uh, Telemetry, yeah. But if you did a glowing puck today with <laughs> much better camera technology.
1: Well people would laugh at you too anyway, so
0: you could do it a smaller than the third of a screen that we're talking about on those old 20 inch, uh, 21 inch uh, TVs were huge uh, at the time. Um, And, you know, you're doing it in 4k or even some people have 8k, not that there's any 8k sports broadcasts at the moment, but just the technology is a little bit different. Um, I don't necessarily see that as a Betman failing um, because it really wasn't in his control. I really doubt that the enhancements, broadcast enhancements like that were something negotiated by the NHL or any league at that point. But I think having those little robots or their current equivalent pop up and explain how each of those advanced stats work every once in a while it would enhance the segments where people start talking about stuff like uh, goals goals above uh, expectation or um, so, so my uh, or, or or any of the advanced stats that aren't blatantly obvious. You know, goals per sixty is a, is an advanced stat, but it's an advanced stat where if you're eight years old or more, you're going to figure it out all by yourself. Corsi or Fenwick or the difference between the two of them? No. Am I missing the
1: point of this tweet, though? Because based on... Oh, no, there's there's multiple points to the tweet, which is why I loved it. But because we've got replies here of people asking about, you know, maybe they want Marchand to tweet more. And I didn't... When I read this, I didn't take it as Bucci saying Marchand needs to tweet more. I took it as... The NHL needs more players the style of Brad Marchand. They need more Brad Marchands. You need not just the fit, not just the
0: <laughs> style, but the personality. Like, yes. The NHL needs to showcase its personalities more than just at the at the All Star uh, <laughs> event. It needs to it needs to be a part of games
1: regularly. At you the know, All Star event; those personalities are staged anyway, so.
0: They're absolutely staged, and it's nice that the players are more relaxed and stuff then. Um, some of them visibly so. At, yes. At, um, but it needs to become a natural part of the game. Not only, I mean, Brad Marchand is a great player. You can make Most people would make the argument that Sidney Crosby is a much better player or certainly a better player. And I'm willing to entertain that. If you're going to ask me which one do I want to go out and watch a uh, and watch a watch a movie with and grab beers with afterwards, it's going to be Brad Marchand every day. Not because of Bruins fan, but because Brad Marchand is more engaging.
1: Here's something that the NHL needs to be asking themselves: Do people? or do the which player garners fan reaction
0: yes 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 and that leads into because
1: my if you've got a guy who can score 150 goals in the season but has the personality of a wet dish rag I don't want to bother watching him Correct. you got a guy like Marshan and, and, and it doesn't even have to be Marshan, It doesn't necessarily have to be yeah, because Marshan actually is one of the best left wings in the game. So he yes. happens to have talent and personality. But if you give me a player who has two-thirds the talent of a Marshan but he has that personality that's going to draw a reaction out of me, that's what I'm going to watch.
0: And guess what? Those middle those middle-class hockey players with personalities, they're a bunch ton easier to find because Paul Bichonette would have fit that definition when he was a player. Uh, Sean Thornton absolutely fit that definition.
1: Sean Thornton was not an offensive juggernaut, but you know that the fans loved him and they wanted to watch him. um, Shane Doan. Shane Doan probably on the
0: quieter end. But people respected the ever-loving heck out of him because he said what he wanted to say. David Backus, at the upper end of the middle tier of NHL players at his peak. Sure. I don't think he was ever elite. But you know what? He played with all his heart. When he when he interviewed, it was an engaging interview.
1: Um, and that's it right there. You just said it. Played with all his heart. This wasn't just a business to him. This wasn't just a paycheck to him. He put his everything into it. Marshand, that's why Bucci that's why I that's the way I read this tweet is that yeah. the NHL needs more players like Marshand. Not necessarily they need more guys who are on Instagram or, or Twitter or whatever. Exactly. They need more players like Brad. You need a hundred Brad Marshans. You need guys who are gonna enlist that reaction. They're gonna bring the they're going to bring the fans to the seats. You're going to they're going to get up and want to cheer or boo or elicit that reaction.
0: And this is a point that I made at, in a different venue a couple of weeks ago, um, talking about a different topic. A brand isn't just a logo and a stock ticker or a product. It's how people react to it. Most Americans don't react very strongly to hot, to soccer. They don't react strongly in a negative way. They don't react strongly in a in a positive way, and that's why soccer is at best a distant fifth in among this the top four
1: sports in this country. We're not talking about any other country. Okay, I'm just I'm just saying because if you go to if you go to Europe We're and not you talking say that in any other country, okay, because you need the reaction.
0: The NHL needs to stop fearing. Someone uh, moms uh, or moms for America or a million moms, which is really one obsessive woman with a phone call and an email list with a phone and email list uh, protesting at their games or making nasty calls to the league office and embrace. Uh, embrace the vibrance of players like P.K. Subban, P.K. Subban was an elite-level player for at the peak of his health and career, and again, an engaging personality. I think he's toned it down a little bit since he's, uh, since he's retired, but I could put him into the new broadcast slate. Uh, you need... When you look at some of the people that no longer... uh, No longer work for the NHL Network or the NHL broadcast. You look at Jeremy Roenick, you look at Mike Milbury, and Mike Milbury became a caricature of himself in his last four or five years doing it.
1: Um, He was trying to squeeze into that. He was trying to squeeze his own round, his own square peg into their round hole. That's why. Yes, they if were he people. was doing, if he was doing what he wanted, it's still, he still would have been more entertaining and and a lot yeah. more.
0: But these are guys who they could make any given show. They could let something fall out of their mouth that took ten seconds, and people would be talking about it on sports radio twelve hours a day for the next four days. You can't hold and grow your audience if you're not feeding the emotions of the fans and the NHL under Gary Bettman, who doesn't want to explain anything to his daughter, which I kind of thought was whole, was, you know, 50 percent of the job of being a parent, explaining things to your children. Um, without. You need that engagement. It's absolutely all about engagement. This is why there are people who do nothing but make TikTok videos or Snapchats or Instagram reels who make hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars a year just for that. They have literally no other talent other than drawing engagement. Um, so Batman era, we're looking at uh, we're looking at a couple of different articles. Mm hmm. The Athletic was aggressively more aggressive than I expected them to be. Um, The article starts off with the headline, uh, Gary Bettman's 30 years, don't judge him on what he's done, but on what could have been done. And it talks about, yes, that there are, uh, yes, that there are now 32 teams, and it grew from, um, it grew, what was it, 22 teams when he took over. Something like that, maybe 21. But he had a lockout basically a year after uh after he was brought in. He's had four three or four work stoppages is pretty much universally booed everywhere. And you mentioned just before we hit record that he embraces it now and has for a couple of years.
1: He, he, I, I told you it at one point, and I, I, I forget what draft it was, that he came out and they all booed him. And he said, oh, come on, you can do better. You can do better than that.
0: I think it was Montreal. It might have been Columbus, but Yeah. And
1: I'm I'm sorry, but if you're going to embrace the boo, and and that's fine. He's trying to, he's trying to remove the negativity from it. Uh, I'm not quite sure if I'm phrasing this the the way I'm trying to. He wants to. He's trying to turn a negative moment into a funny moment.
0: But in doing so, he's dismissive of all the reasons that people. Don't people are annoyed by the NHL product? I don't think that the product is overall boring. I think that the presentation is lacking. The most recent example of that is, of course, the moving NHL boards.
1: People have said from this year, the very first games of the season that distracting. they hate them. To watch on TV, they are distracting. The moving ones.
0: Because they're moving while they're moving like every 30, 35 seconds or so. If they changed every two minutes, I don't think anyone complains, but when you can have a stretch of a power play or just good offensive pressure on a team where the boards change, not just color and move in different directions twice even 3 times that's a problem it i'm surprised breaks your concentration it kicks you out of the moment
1: i am surprised that the and and <laughs> slightly surprised that this is even allowed because the advertisers that they're covering up by putting in those national and and even and even nsn having those Nesson has the moving board or whatever. There are people that pay, there are companies that pay good money to have their names and their logos and their companies on those boards already there. And now the only people seeing them are the fourteen or 17,000 in the building because the TV audience is not seeing them anymore. And I'm surprised there isn't more backlash from those companies. Some may be only regional. I get it but to have companies already paying you for board space and then to cover them up on the broadcast with another advertiser because they're bigger and willing to pay more ugh, I don't like that that that's a that that's not a that that's not a situation I want to be in I don't I think you're you're creating more problems than the new advertising is worth I
0: don't, I don't like it in any way, shape, or form. Um, I think that the, I think the ads are not only gaudy and distracting, but unnecessary, and they move too quickly. Period.
2: Uh,
0: yes. If, as I said, if it was every two minutes, no one's complaining. But when you can watch a single that the opening place off for a power play in someone's in the offensive zone and have the boards change twice before there's a stoppage or a clearage or even three times with extended play. No. Um, best example of why I love, Bi- uh, biz nasty, bish, whatever you want to call them. um, NHL on TNT the other night. Mm-hmm. He's uh, he's talking and um, he calls the he says, I would rather have Buffalo make the playoffs than the Islanders. They're much more interesting, much more exciting team to watch. And he calls the Islanders an absolute snooze fest. And says, I don't want them to make the playoffs. Speaking of the Islanders, if you haven't heard this quote it's magnificent because it's off the cuff, it's genuine, and it's emotionally, it's delivered in an emotional manu-
1: manner. I, I think the tweet is a little bit, um, uh, it's borderline, yeah, but it's on so, brand for Bish. I mean, I appreciate I appreciate that he calls them the New York's Yeah.
0: <laughs> And that's an impressive one because I had to look that up. It is
1: a. You didn't know what zolpidem is? It's a it's a sleep aid. <laughs> I've never had to take it, thankfully. No, neither have I. I I, I have other reasons for knowing what it is, but yeah, zolpidem is a is a sleep uh sleep aid sleep medication prescribed. Oh, okay. But it's the rest. But it's the rest of the tweet that kind of um. <clears throat> They're, the New Yorks Zolpidums are painful to watch. That's a fact. Even if you're a fan of them, you're higher than a giraffe's... Yes, that. Stop, if you don't agree with me. Uh,
0: uh, and again... He's right. Rant.
1: <laughs> he's right. On brand. It's his rant, and he's allowed to do it. And you know what? That's going to generate more of a reaction than... It's already had
0: 650,000 views. Exactly. Which, for those keeping track at home who have read uh, or who paused the show to read the ESPN and athletic articles, is actually more views than some NHL games get. His tweet about this has gotten more views than some actual NHL games. yes thank you Batman
1: uh, no thank you Bissonette. that too <laughs> um,
0: Peter Tancrat tweeted out earlier this week uh, or late last week um, some stats and commentary from a Rangers game from the ruins Rangers game since the 2016-17 season yes Brad Marchand is third in points all time uh, third in points in that time
1: yes behind the two behind the two players in Edmonton
0: who are both reasonably good yeah um and ahead of guys like Crosby and even McKinnon and
1: uh, you know I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure the two ahead of him in this list are McDavid and Dreisaitl
0: um he's 7th in power play points, yeah, 3rd in sh- third in shorthanded goals and 2nd in plus minus rating. And they called him something that I haven't actually called him yet because I think it's I still think it's a question, but hearing it from an objective source makes me think it's a smaller question than I would personally make it. Mm -hmm. They called him a Hall of Famer. They called him a future Hall of Famer.
1: Uh, I think we've had this discussion before. And look, I mean, are you against him going into the Hall of Fame? I mean, the little graphic next to his name, and I love the fact that they got a photo of him, like hunched over, like, oh, he's exhausted. I mean, you look at the numbers and you go, "Yeah, yeah, I can see why he's taking a breather but they call him a real difference maker in the graphic and, and putting up those numbers and he's just bent over like he's exhausted, which makes sense. Like I said, looking at those numbers, but Hall of Famer, I think we've discussed this before and I don't think that either one of us shied away from it either.
0: Look, as a, as a Bruins fan, I think I'm pretty much required to push anyone who's, who holds a couple of Bruins records towards the Hall of Fame, but I can understand the arguments based on the fact that he really doesn't have any individual trophies or awards um, for people to not want him in the Hall
1: of Fame. There are love things was, that, and I, I love there are things that Trump awards. I mean, unfortunately, you have to look at the fact that he played on a team. With a guy who's won five Selkie Awards, the chances of him winning a Selkie are probably uh, very slim when you're playing on the same line as uh, Mr. Bergeron. you know he, He's probably not going to win a Lady Bing anytime soon. Although he has talked about winning it, which I find marvelous. I, I love well, that. That that alone, that conversation alone has got to be entertaining, maybe a little fictional, too, because I don't know that he's going to win a Lady Bing anytime soon.
0: <laughs> yeah, he does have um, thirty eight penalty minutes in forty three games this season. So which
1: for him is low. Maybe he should get it.
0: <laughs> I mean, he is almost is almost cracked one hundred penalty minutes like three or four times in his career.
1: Wasn't it last year that the, it was the race for 100 points, 100 penalty minutes or something like that? Um, it was it was the eighteen years ago? season. He had oh. 100.
0: He had 100 points in 79 games and had 96 penalty minutes. Last year, he had 97 penalty minutes and 80 points in 70 games. So he really needed uh, he really needed, you know, at least seven or eight more of those games
1: to, to get there. But as far as Hall of Fame, I mean, sometimes you have to overlook. Yes, he didn't win. He on 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 the team that on the team that won the Stanley Cup. He, he was probably the fifth most important player. He was not getting. He was not getting the. <laughs>
0: he wasn't getting the consme
1: because no, that and the neither was team. neither was Bergeron. Unfortunately,
0: that I mean, you had you had Tim Thomas as the clubhouse leader for that one. It was. I was in no way disappointed that he got it. It We had Zdeno Chara. I didn't didn't think there
1: was really anybody else that was going to get it.
0: I didn't really either. But if you're going to stack the players at this point, you have to put – you still have to give it to Tim Thomas. Yes. You can – we can fight back and forth over whether it's Bergeron or – Chara. Or Chara second. Yeah. David Krejci has to be in there.
1: That's that year. Yes, he does.
0: Uh, David Gracie has been money in the playoffs his entire career.
1: Um, as, much as, as much as I give him credit for being Houdini during the regular season, yeah, and come, come playoff time, he tends to show up. <laughs>
0: um, and you can make you can make really valid cases for both. Wasn't Marshan like a rookie or a second year he player? It was his first full season. Yeah, he played twenty games the year before um him and sagan were uh, were rookies you had the <laughs> you had the animate remnants of mark Reckey on the ice
1: mark wrecky they, they give more credit to the, the team as a whole gives more credit to mark wrecky than a lot of people do i mean i think he was he was an emotional leader emotional yes. leader the fact that he had been to the Stanley Cup final the fact that you know he so he was able to give that locker room a sense of what you know how to how to react what was expected what they should look for you know he he was the without being the captain but he was the one with the most experience and so i, mean, I he think he, he gets
0: 16 points in 25 playoff games that year no. but the dip in production uh, overall for him, uh, yeah, uh, he was he was not at his most fit by the time uh, the Bruins rolled into Vancouver.
1: So, it, it, I mean, are we talking Masha and for Hall of Fame? Do I think is he is he borderline or do you think he gets in? I mean,
0: uh, OK. Given his dominance in this stretch, which if Bergeron comes back another year – and plays another year after the season, he'll probably still be in that conversation. If you can say, OK, he was a top three player in the league for 10 years in terms of points, yeah, I think you have to – I think mean, you'd have to put him in um, despite the individual – lack of individual awards, which means Joe Thornton gets in
1: because he does have some individual awards. Gee, I wouldn't have a problem with Thornton getting in.
0: There are people who are going to argue it because he doesn't have a cup, which I think is silly because it takes a, it takes a significant portion of a T te- of a good team to make a cup, to get a cup. Um, but definitely look up, uh, listeners look up the two articles that we're talking about. Uh, or three articles. Um, two of them from the Athletic uh, on the Bettman era and the TV ratings. Um, the third from ESPN on the on the 30 key moments in Gary Bo- in Gary Bettman's 30 years in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Um, it includes the walkouts, the third jerseys, the Olympics, um, the Nordiques, Jets, and Whalers all relocating. Um, I think the positives are things that fans forget bring stability. Um, I think that his, I think the biggest legacy of Gary Bettman, the biggest positive that I will happily, happily award him was stabilizing that new, the then new wave of teams by helping them get better arena deals for like Columbus and Nashville and a couple of other teams who came in and were in really really terrible arena deals that kept them from being competitive we've since since that happened we've seen Nashville go deep in the playoffs we've seen Columbus improve and be competitive uh, a couple of times and a few of the other teams. And then, of course, the two expansion teams have come in. Vegas, straight to the Stanley Cup Finals their first year. Um, Seattle, got to be in the playoffs in their second year. Um, that's not something that existed in the NHL in Bettman's early tenure or pre-ten- or the NHL before him. Um, so I'll give him that. So but I think tying it back into his egging on the booers, Mm -hmm. ignoring fan sentiment and what stirs and enchants and engages fans is his big failing. And it's a big part of the reason that the NHL, despite the lumbering dinosaur, dinosaur dinosaur-like behavior of the, of major league baseball uh, has stayed the fourth sport there has been an opportunity over the last five years that had the NHL had better leadership, it would probably be the number three. And so if the players in the league right now, you've got Matthew Kachuk, another one of those guys who's very highly talented. Yeah. Very engaging. Mm-hmm. Um, that with the right leadership you could push into the top 3 because baseball is still long slow and boring
1: baseball unfortunately is still considered America's pastime and whether somebody wants to make an argument that NFL is is the pastime now or whatever baseball is still considered America's pastime. I don't know that anybody's going to take that title away from them, but the NHL can certainly move up. They don't need to be fourth. They don't need to be, they need to be more fun. They need to be more engaging. They need to be more. They need to be more emotional. I I think that's it. And and the fact that, the fact that there's, they've made, changes and the game is safer. Yes, it is. And 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 like, like it says at the bottom of this article from The Athletic, and so we arrive back to today and compare the NHL betman inherited to the one he's crafted 30 years on the job. Today's league is safer and far more competitive, but often less fun. Whether you do or don't like the idea that they're taking fighting out of the game, whether you do or don't like the idea that Shooting the puck over the glass should be a penalty or not. It, the game is perceived less fun, and that ultimately is what's hurting them more than Batman being booed. he talked they talk about Batman being booed here. and and whether you like that or not, at least it's something the fans are engaging about as far as the NHL is concerned. they it needs to be more just engaging, more fun, more you need to as you said emotional then you need to be able to to get involved in it get your get wrapped up in it it's just right now yes it, i like to watch it but there are times where i can i can certainly turn around and start doing chores yeah i don't feel i don't feel that i absolutely have to stay and watch what's going on because I might miss something. And that's where the problem lies.
0: I said this on Twitter a couple of days back. The NHL needs to be looking less at less at sports that are tennis and golf like and more at like the WWE and AEW which are probably closer to their demographics and getting those fans. And I was honestly shocked to see the street profits, um, at the all-star festivities. Cause I hadn't heard anything about it, uh, prior to that event. You'd, you know, think that you're going to have one of the most successful
1: tag teams and the largest, and it was, and and, it, and it, whether you watched it or not, you know, I know you, you, the skills competition is still more engaging than the actual game. But when oh, the, when when Emily Kaplan came over and she asked them about the scores that they gave to Mitch Marner or something like that, they come over and, and he's like, oh, you know, in Montez Ford went right into his shtick. And then, and D'Angelo, and Angela Dawkins, just see him, be sitting there with his face on, and he's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, we do the, they went right into, they went right into character. That's what they need. You need to be, they were in, in two minutes of interview, they were more engaging than the 10 minutes before and after they were talked to. Ding, 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 ding. I've said. Set- that alone right there. Cut that little two minute segment out send it as a video file to, to Batman and say, this is what we need to be. And I'm not talking about the wrestling part. I'm talking about the engaging part. What <sighs> And I think as far as the NHL game,
0: I think the legitimately, the only way that you can save it is to add some sort of celebrity element, whether you st- stick to, Electing your three, your your core, your core of, you know, three on three, and then you add two celebrities to it so that they're each each divisional team has to have two celebrities on the ice at all time.
1: But at that point, are you making it more of a gimmick? I mean, engaging is one engaging is one thing, but it's already a gimmick. Well, yes, this is true, but I mean, you, you, <clears throat> excuse me. you've you already got you've already got a silk
0: dress and pearls on the pig. You might as well get some lipstick and eyeliner on it, too. <laughs> uh,
1: I, <clears throat> I, Am I I'm wrong? just wondering if you can make it too gimmicky and then you've really gone away from the idea is that you're still supposedly showcasing the all stars, the best of the best.
0: There, I mean, there are athletes who are going to be, or there are celebrities who are pretty athletic, who could go in and play uh, in the NHL All-Star game. I mean, the NHL All-Star shinny. Um, And maybe you use recently retired players as livening it up a little bit. You use some guys who... Okay, that I could see. You know, a few years ago, it would have been really fun to see Sean Thornton playing with with David Pasternak uh, at the all-star game um, or, and, and and players like that who never got
1: there, but people love. You, you, you talk about, you talk about tennis and not being like one of the judges, Victoria Azarenka is a, a tennis number one. She's won a couple of Australian champion, uh, Australian open championships I, admitted herself that she can't skate yeah, and she's judging – I mean, it, clearly the All Star show All Star show is just that. It's a gimmick. It's a show because you've got people who can't even skate that are doing judging.
0: <laughs> For that matter, you've got all sorts of. Um,
1: you and know, I don't have a problem with it because she's recognizable. But still, she openly admits she. And Emily was like, "Oh, what would you do differently?" She's like, "Well, if I knew how to skate, you know, I might." <laughs> And, you know, if you're desperately
0: trying to bring in the, you know, figure skating and tennis crowd, there are bajillions of, uh, of figure skaters who could come and play in a game where they don't have to worry about being trucked by Chris Pronger or um, <laughs> Colton Pareko or, or, you know, having having um, or having a Zdeno sla- uh, Chara Slapshot mush their jaw or something like that. Um, is <laughs> you know for that matter there's,
1: Ryan Reeves <laughs> there,
0: there I mean, there's a bunch of I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of Canadian celebrities who played hockey as kids who would absolutely love to lace them up and play with Sidney Crosby or uh, Evgeny Malkin
1: or whoever
0: else is at the All-Star event.
1: Ryan Reynolds wants to buy the Ottawa Senators. Maybe we could incorporate that into a all-star game somehow. Get Ryan Reynolds on the ice, see if he can actually skate. I'm in. Before he's allowed to buy the team. (laughs) I'm in. Uh,
0: You know, I think that there's a lot that you can do, but like the the on-air panels, I think you need to blow away most of the dead weight in the off-air decision makers before your marketing is going to get better. Fair enough. And that, uh, oh, bean pot starts Monday night. Uh, men's bean pot, women's bean pot Tuesday night.
1: Women, yeah, women's are the next two Tuesdays. Men are the next two Mondays. Uh, going on past uh, on what we've seen in the past, it is thoroughly enjoyable. It is thoroughly engaging. If you're there live soak in the ambiance because I know I have I'm pretty sure Mike has as well <laughs> I loved it I loved every minute of the games I mean you just, the you, fan just get ca- you just get caught up in schools yelling at each other you got you got guys you got fans from BU yelling safety school at fans from Harvard <laughs> yeah it's it's
0: absolutely a fan experience and every hockey fan who can get to
1: the tournament
0: should go should go at least once.
1: Absolutely.
0: And that, uh, hockey fans, is actually where we're going to leave you this week um, because we have run way over on time, even more than we normally do, and it's all Gary Bettman's fault.
1: <laughs> Just about everything is Gary Bettman's fault these days. I, I'm glad you figured that out. Take care. <laughs>